My loyal supporters, do I have something special just for you. Subscribe for five buckaroos and gain access to exclusive content, discounts on merch and products, live videos, and so much more. Y'all know I'm generous and I'm doing this just for you. Why? Because we've just leveled up and we've grown. And those of you who've been rocking and supporting me, I want to make sure that you know that I love you and I'm so grateful for you. Be sure to hit the link in the caption or bio or check me out at lasuperagent.com and hit subscribe as a loyal supporter. Truly, Lisa Puerto. I am your host. I'm so happy to be your host. And here, as we continue, what did you think? Oh, because it was late, it wasn't going to happen. You know, a sister had to work today. It's okay. I'm, uh, you know, taking care of our families in need, supporting our community, doing all that wonderful stuff. So uh, we are going to make sure the show happens as scheduled every Wednesday. Say hi, say hello if you're on the live. Welcome, welcome. And I am so excited to have you here with me on season four. Season four of Ready, Set, Real Estate, episode three. Let me go ahead and uh, highlight today's show topic here. You know how I am with the visuals. How to use mattress money for your down payment and closing costs. Before we jump into today's segment, let me first give a shout out to our radio podcast listeners. Those of you who are tuning in on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, uh, Apple Podcasts, I think I said may not. We're there. Wherever you are and tuning in on the radio podcast, we are there too. If you have a platform that we you've been using and you don't find Ready Set Real Estate, let me know so I can make sure we upload. If you're tuning in on the Facebook Live, make sure you go ahead and like our page, tag someone, and be sure to drop a comment and let us know how you think about what you think about our show. I was gonna say how you feel. I never let me know how you feel. You know, let me know how you feel. What else? I also tune in to the YouTube. Also, our shows are archived there on the YouTube at LA Super Agent. So make sure you're tuning in there as well. All right. So this is going to be a very, um, I'm not going to do a full blown analysis on today. I just wanted to come on and drop some gems. Like I said, Ready, Set, Real Estate, we're doing things a little bit different, which is slowing down and giving you bite size. Real estate bites is what I'm calling that. Real estate bites, B-Y-T-E-S. So what you'll hear from me is real estate bites in terms of the content and the message and the information that I'm sharing with you. Why? Because I noticed in the last past episodes, I think we're 80, 90 shows in, on the Ready, Set, Real Estate show, it was so much content, so much information 
that, I mean, you know, I jumped out the gate and just boom, <laughs> I brought everything from land to commercial, to residential, to income property. I was everywhere. So with that, I wanted to slow things down and also let you know that Ready Set Real Estate is now doing live events at uh, in the greater Los Angeles area in the Inglewood community. So shout out to Southwest Escrow uh, for teaming up and collaborating with Ready Set Real Estate and hosting our live events, that's presentations and trainings, which means hands-on, interactive workshops, breakout sessions are happening. We're doing lunch and learns and really filling in the gap in which, in which we're seeing uh, that the real estate community needs at this time. I'll give you a prime example. We went ahead and launched our first presentation on the class action lawsuit on 6% commissions. And that hasn't disappeared by the way. And those of you who attended, I want to say thank you for coming out. Thank you for, for really just sharing in that space with me. You have been equipped with some information that is powerful, powerful, powerful. And so since the commission is, you know, that class action lawsuit, I think I believe two more plaintiffs have been added to that. And essentially what is happening, you may ask me, what's, what's going on, Lisa? You keep mentioning about this class action lawsuit. Well, um, if it doesn't go away and there either becomes a settlement or whatever changes um, they propose, you will probably see the detriment of homeownership for low to moderate income. Game over. You guys haven't been paying attention to what I'm saying, but that's okay. It's going to catch you. <laughs> it's going to hit you. It's going to hit you where you, mm. <laughs> it's going to hit you. And um, I say that facetiously, you know, I, you know, I'm, I've got a smile on my face, but, you know, for me to be an act activist uh, for the community, especially those who are low to moderate income, who are looking to use property and home ownership to uh, build wealth and, uh, you know, provide a legacy to their families. If the, if this, if this thing plays out the way I see it playing out right now, because essentially sellers are saying they don't want to pay for buyer's commission. They want the buyers to pay for it, which means, like I said on the last show, uh, for you industry professionals, will your client be able to come up with down payment, closing costs, and your commission? Hmm? Hmm? Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Uh, we are really moving into a time where of the have and have not, because if only a group of people can afford to pay for commissions, buyer representation, I'll give you an example. And I'm not going to belabor this right now. It's just been on top of my mind. I shared the post, but I also want you to know, just give you a snippet of what we're doing at Ready, Set, Real Estate, which by the way, no other chapter organization, no other organization is offering this. We are right here. Ready, Set, Real Estate is, and we're bringing you valuable, applicable information. I'm fascinated because I pay membership dues to all these organi organizations and not one of them actually has had a conversation. Not one of them has called forth the meeting to say, how can we really uh, implement a training so that agents are acting ethical, are representing their clients in the best light, are offering you know fair commissions, fair pricing for their services? It's gonna wipe out a whole bunch of people. I, I, that's what I what I what I see happening. Uh, we're 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 going to lose some professionals due to this, and uh, with me, I'm gonna say that's okay. I, I, when I say professional, I, I should say this: we're going to lose some some players. Not all the players are professional. I'm gonna call it like it is because that's you know me. Not all the players are professional, so we'll lose some professionals due to this class action lawsuit, and so heads will roll. So that was a snippet of what we brought on during the live Ready, Set, Real Estate event. Again, if you're in the greater Los Angeles area, come on out. I've got the team working on making sure we can repurpose that for a private group for those of you who are joining as Ready, Set, Real Estate Club members. You can learn more at ReadySetRealEstateClub.com and check out what we're offering, which is some wonderful things in the name of real estate, including retreats, vacations, and summits abroad. Uh, we are planning our first uh, retreat and vacation summit happening in Hawaii, 2020. Shout out to Sean, 
who is actually just landed, I mean, either today or tomorrow, he's landing in Hawaii. He is scouting the resorts that we've been negotiating with. So real estate is a lifestyle. So let it be that for us, right? Uh, we work hard, we play harder. Okay, and for those of you, so that's for my industry professionals. For those of you who are my loyal supporters who've been rocking with me and you wanna get some of this, you definitely can support the merchandise as a real estate enthusiast. Remember, remember the show, the merchandise, the events, the clubs, the programs, whatever we are doing through Ready, Set, Real Estate, a portion of those proceeds supports Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation, okay? Uh, shout out to Youth United here in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area, Youth United uh, founder, Executive Director Terry Bell. I've got to let her know that I gave her a shout out tonight on tonight's show. Terry Bell has collaborated with Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation, and we are doing a special real estate youth camp for the youth as part of her program. So make sure you get connected with Youth United. Uh, type in Youth United Academic uh, Center on Facebook. You can grab her contact. I'll throw it in the comments here and I'll throw it on the caption on, on the YouTube and also on the radio podcast. That way you can learn more. Um, I, I might have it here. If you give me a moment, let me see. I think I have it here. I want to be able to just give out a number or something. I'll come back to that. Okay. I'll come back to that. Uh, so yes, uh, that is happening July 1st, every Monday from two o'clock to three o'clock. I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing the real estate uh, session for our youth community. So your kids, if your kids are going to be, you know, attending our summer program, come on out. And if you have something like you have access to youth and children in your community, you have a community center, whatever it is, bring me in, you know, bring me in. I'm happy to do it for the babies. We can work something out. You can get somebody to sponsor books and programs and so forth. Bring me out. I'm happy to do it. So excited about that. So that's happening for five weeks, every Monday, July 1st through the 29th. That is happening here. And I'm really happy about doing that. Why? Because I've actually canceled most, if not all my travel plans for 2019. I wanted to refocus my energy, refocus my business, re refocus here, right here in my own backyard. Cause you know, your girl's been traveling to ATL. Shout out to the We Buy Black convention. They're having their second annual event. I've been asked, um, I've, been, I've been sought out by the past attendees to come on back. Uh, don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm actually doing an event. I will be doing a very special real estate workshop, an intimate conversation about community building, about building equity and unity in the Bay Area. It's going to be for a music festival. Your girl's going to be at a concert, yo, doing real estate presentations. I'm super stoked. So, you know, we, we, we're going to do it. Um, what, What's this? Uh, what, what is the... Uh, the thing that Beyonce did, um, uh, Coachella, right? So I'm gonna be doing my Coachella version of uh, real estate with Super Agent at a music festival. So again, I'm I'm honored. You know, sometimes when I feel like things slow down, there it's really just manifesting and taking place. And so shout out to my client Yolo, who's bringing me on. Um, and she's got a wonderful story and testimony and how she and her roommate purchased property. And we're just going to be talking about creative ways to invest. I mean, if you're renting together five, six years, why not buy property together? You already been living together. Pull your funds together. So really excited about that. That's happening. OK, uh, what else is going on? I am also launching. I will be launching a buyer series, a home buyer series. Lisa does not do home buyer seminars or workshops. It is way too much information to pound into somebody's brain for a two hour period and feed you lunch. If you're a, a prospective buyer client, I won't do that to you. Kudos to all my professionals who do that's cool. But um, there's a lot of follow up game that needs to happen uh, to warm people up to the experience and the process and the expectations. So I will be launching a series for home buyers again in the greater LA area, actually happening right in Inglewood. 
and we are tentative for July to August. I will let you know what the dates when we lock it in. My schedule is really booked, so I don't know if I'm going to go Tuesday evening or Saturday. My son's playing baseball now, so you know I'm I'm work I'm working work with me here. I mean I've got Saturday baseball happening all day. Shout out to Clarence Johnson, uh, CJ is in the building and the Johnson clan and family. Uh, really appreciate your continued support, brother. Again, you, you're doing amazing things again. I know he and his wife, uh, his wife's got a daycare center and they use this space to not only provide a safe and loving environment for the children that they uh, caretake for, but also educate the parents and the friends and the community so that's the beauty about having your tribe and bringing the message to your tribe. You are the voice, you know, get the information and then share it with them, you know, share it with them. As long as we get it, that's that's the important part. So kudos to you, CJ. What else? I'm going through the list in my head, making sure I've got everything covered. All right. I think we're all caught up on the news. So I talked about the events. Oh, let me do. Uh, so I talked about Ready, Set, Real Estate live events. That's happening every third Thursday, um, every third Thursday of the month with the exception of July because of the 4th of July holiday. By the way, uh, industry professionals, if you got an exclusive invite from me for the Ready, Set, Real Estate pool party in Windsor Hills, come on out, come hang with your girl. Let's have some fun. Again, you know, I'm all about play, uh, work hard and play harder. What we do is really uh, tremendous work and value, especially when we show and prove, when we show and prove to our clients to the extent when we go above and beyond. So I think we we definitely deserve a little bit of nourishment, replenishment, all, all with um, good fun, positive vibes. And again, all in the name of real estate. So come, come on out if you got that invite for me. I'd love to see you connect with you offline and um, bring a guest and you know you know the stipulations of getting in all right you know the stipulations all right what else is happening july 11th solopreneur agents now this is for those of you who are thinking about getting in the industry are in the industry maybe you're even veterans and don't even realize there are certain things that are happening to you in your business that you have not been paying attention to that is costing you money so for solopreneur agents it's a little different when you're rolling as a solo entrepreneur, you're single, you're a single parent, or you know, you may have a partner that may not understand this, the entrepreneur game. Uh, we'll be providing value, valuable resources, a downloadable, downloadable commission worksheet. That way you are factoring in what your true bottom line is, regardless of what company you're with. Everybody's talking about how wonderful their company is, and I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it is, but really what this is about you is you as the individual industry professional, you make the company what it is. The company doesn't make you remember that you make the company, the company doesn't make you. So at the beginning, during, and the end of the day, what is important is your bottom line that you can support you, your family and your community and change lives. Okay. So we'll be going into what no one told you about real estate before you jumped in. That's July 11th at 12 o'clock. Make sure you register, check out the Eventbrite link. Keyword real estate on, uh, ready, set real estate on Eventbrite. All our events are mapped out and will come up. Again, if you're looking to be a sponsor partner, we invite you. We're looking for sponsor partners to get in front of our audience and our attendees. And you know, you get the radio podcast shout out. You know, we, we're everywhere on the World Wide Web and We've got a great listening base and viewing follow a viewing base on all our social media platforms and including our email uh, blasts and our Eventbrite evites. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about the nitty gritty. <laughs> I am ready to talk about the nitty gritty of how to use mattress money for your down payment and closing costs. So mattress money, what is mattress money? Uh, what comes to mind? When I think about mattress money, I always think about some mob movie, <laughs> some mob movie, some mafia movie. Uh, in reality, you know, that's not too far fetched, right? Because there is some cultural 
reasons that some people don't bank. They may come from places where they don't trust their government, they don't trust their financial institutions, so they will have mattress money, right? The mattress money is that concept about cutting up, cutting the mattress and stuffing the money in there, right? Uh, essentially, what I'm referring to in that in that essence, in that same context, is the money that you are saving. You're so funny with your emojis, CJ. <laughs> the money that you are saving at home. And, you know, it's interesting because when you see the economy go through something like a housing debacle where banks literally lock the doors up, can't get your money out, you know, because when that happened, like IndyMac Bank, when everybody went to IndyMac and withdrew, collapse. So it, it is to the economy's detriment, right? When you're not putting all your money back into the economy, you're not recycling those funds. And so with that being said, I get it. I just, I, I'm an advocate of, yeah, you wanna have a little stash pot and you want to put your eggs in more than one basket. Don't put your eggs in just one basket. So I wanna make sure that you check out your resources in terms of banking, online banking, brick and mortar banking, credit unions. There are different places and institutions that you can be putting your money into. Now, the significance of mattress money and home loans and mortgages is this thing we call verification of assets. Hey, Brenda, welcome. Hey, thanks for tuning in is this thing we call verification of assets. And what that means is they want to verify your money. Where is the money coming from? And usually they have this thing called a seasoning period, season. They want to see the money is seasoned for anywhere from two months to three months. Um, and you know what? That's funny because we've gotten better over time. You know, back in the day, I think just maybe last year or year and a half, they were asking for six months. You know, people were were kind of on edge after the whole housing crisis. They wanted to doc. They were documenting everything. In this last year or two years, things we're starting to see things loosen up. We've got great interest rate products happening right now. Shout out to my lender partners that keep me up to date and abreast on what's happening. Also, as, as we're noticing what the economy is doing in terms of a lending perspective, the lending environment, you want to make sure, and I, I really don't like to come off with this, you need to, you should to, you have to, you know, you know, you don't have to do anything. But when you're thinking about purchasing property, this is one I have to, we got, we, I've got to, I, we've got to talk, right? We've got to talk. Um, I'll address that shortly. So Brenda's got a comment here about 401, 401k. I'll address that shortly because there's some things you guys need to know about using those funds as well. So mattress money, these are the money, this is the money, this is cash, balling out ballers. <laughs> this is cash. Understand the, the risk involved with this, okay? And, and I know you guys, you, you, I've heard it, I've heard it all. I don't trust the banks. I don't trust the government. I don't trust blank. I'm better off keeping my money. Uh, they're not paying me that much interest anyway. They're just going to use my money and, and give out loans. Right. If you understand the cycle of money and if you understand banking, absolutely. So with that being said, do understand the risk involved when you are trying to use mattress money. There's this thing called, there's two words that I want you to, to know. Paper trail, paper trail. They, they, the lender has to paper trail where that money came from. And if you've been stashing it, they have no way to tell whether it's been illegally gotten, ill-gotten, right? That whole thing, uh, dirty money type of thing. Or, you know, if you've just been cashing checks and just putting it in 
you know, in the stash, if you're self-employed and you guys have got, you've got all kinds of stories. I'm not naming any names tonight, but I'm going to tell of the scenarios. I can speak of the scenarios that do come up. You're self-employed, you're getting cash under the table. You're self-employed, you're not reporting all your income because you don't want to pay the additional taxes. Um, you're, you're employed and you got a side gig. You got your side hustle that you've been stashing your money. You're not using that money and you're not putting it into the bank account, right? For whatever reason, you know, you, you know, your mom told you never tell your husband how much money you have, right? Your mom told you never tell your man how much money you, you're putting away. Don't ever tell a man that <laughs> I'm telling you, this is stuff I heard. Don't ever tell your man, you know, that you got an extra bank account, whatever it is. And you put you saving it in the, in the, in the cookie jar, or the tin can at home. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Go ahead and press one if you know what if you've heard any of these statements. With that being said, there is a true risk involved when you come to, let's say, a professional like myself or a lender, a mortgage banker, mortgage broker. I'll use those terms interchangeably, but do know they are not the same. I will be doing a show on that so that you guys understand there is a difference between a mortgage banker and a mortgage broker. I wrote the book on it. <laughs> Read it. There's a difference between mortgage banker and mortgage broker. I will use that today just interchangeably for example purposes. So <laughs> it, it, Brenda says, yeah, she's, she, she's heard some. I'm sure you can come up with some. Go ahead if you've got time, drop in a comment of something that you've heard where people have said, you know, their, their reason as to why they're not putting money in the bank. I'd, I'd love to hear your feedback and comments. I want to hear more. I, like I said, I've heard different stories, uh, different stories and different different strokes for different folks as to why they're not banking with institutions. So when it comes to the strategy of purchasing, and if you're not purchasing all cash and you're not doing crowdfunding, because all that can be documented. I mean, you can document crowdfunding. You could document this is collectively the money's come in here. There are ways to strategically do this. OK, how do you strategically use the mattress money without creating any flags? Now, I'm saying legit. This is completely legit not telling you anything that's, you know, I don't, I don't deal with the flim flam. <laughs> I, I, I like what I do. I, I, I love my life. I like to keep my license, all my licenses, um, all everything that I have going, I want to keep that. And so what I'm sharing with you is information that we have used and assisted people to utilize their mattress money. But here's what needs to happen. It needs to be deposited systematically into a bank account. Open a new bank account. You don't want to use, you know, you may not want to co-mingle it. You can create a new bank account and you can say, this is strictly for my down payment savings and systematically drop, uh, deposit those in increments, $100 here, $50 here, now, let me say this. I'll be very, very, very candid with you. You drop anything in the amount of $10,000 or more, you're going to have the feds knocking at your door if it's not accounted for. Hey, Wakita, if it's not accounted for, okay? Um Bank is going to be looking, everybody's going to be, where do you get $10,000 from? It's so funny because I used to be a server. My first job was a server. I used to work as a server and I collected tips. Oh man, those were the wonderful days. And this is kind of where I, I learned this thing about exchanging hours for dollars. And I collected my tips and my check would be set up direct deposit in my tips. I would count them out, ban them, and, you know, I would ban them, go to the bank and, and deposit them. And it wasn't, it was like, and so every, every other day I would deposit 300 or $400. Uh, I, I mean, I'm saying servers make good money. People who make tips make good money, depending, you know, <laughs> so strategy, 
it's so funny because as, as I said that, I thought about people who make good money in terms of tips and buy property and real estate. You remember, if you know the stories about the housing crisis before it crashed, you knew a lot of exotic dancers had a lot of property. They had a lot of condos. They were getting, they be, why? Because the, the products that were available was stated loans. Nobody was asking and approved. They had, they had cash. They had, they had, you know, it wasn't called mattress money. It was called stage money. <laughs> Different kind of money. And they had acquired a lot of property around that time. So I fast forward and I say, well, if this is you or someone you know who, you know, you feel kind of leery about depositing in a bank, but you know, one day you want to purchase real estate, then you've got to systematically, I think, and now right now it occurred to me, this is probably one of the best ways for me to say this out loud to everybody. Cause I find myself saying this individually to people I consult with and meet with. So now this is a great tip that I can have on the, you know, my platforms and you guys can learn and share and talk about this and say, Lisa said, right? Lisa said, systematically deposit this along over a period of time. And they want to see that money seasoned for two to three months. Season means you're not, it's going to stay there. It's not going to be, you're not cashing it out. You're not, not washing it, right? Don't put it in and don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Why? Because the lender has to substantiate that this fund, the funds are legit, legit. They're paper trailing it because who's, who's really scrutinizing the lender. When I say lender, the mortgage banker, mortgage broker, their underwriting team, the underwriting team is there to measure risk. Okay. The underwriter is there to measure risk. What's going to work. What's not going to work for that lender. This is why when I get in, you know, this is why I don't get into too much of people with this credit repair business and all that other stuff. Why? Because if you're trying to get a loan, the best person to advise you of what you need to do for your credit, your down payment, your income, your tax situation is your lender is a knowledgeable lender because they know what the underwriting guidelines are for their loan products as, as long. And, and this is what I want to say about loan products and full disclaimer, Lisa is not a loan officer. I am a California licensed real estate professional. So with that being said, speak with the, the loan banker, mortgage broker, mortgage, mortgage banker, they got so many titles, you guys. <laughs> loan officer, loan consultant, mortgage banker, mortgage broker. This is why I wrote the book. So you can tell the difference, right? How do you tell the difference um, between a mortgage banker and mortgage broker? So you want to speak directly to them because they know the underwriting guidelines for their products. This is what I also wanted to say. Not all direct lenders or banks are created equal. Some of them have various programs. And so one lender may not be able to do a low to moderate income product. Another lender may likely be able to do that. You need to know that because there's some banks that won't even touch LMI. I'm telling you, they do nothing but high volume, right? They do a larger jump when they call it jumbo, jumbo loans. The banks, they strictly do jumbo loans. They don't, they don't do anything smaller than like 600, 697,000. Not doing anything smaller than that. $700,000 loans and ups. That's what they're working with. So you need to know that, you know, I mean, you, if, if you're running in a circle that's got big money, but you don't have big money, I mean, that's cool and everything, but you have to know that not all banks and lenders are created equal. I stress that so much on my platforms. Why? Because that is one of the biggest blocks to home ownership is that you guys are listening to the commercial you meet a professional wherever you meet a professional and they say they can help you only to find out that they can't help you. And then you give up and you say, well, I tried, the bank denied me. Well, I tried, you tried one, one person, you know how many banks and lenders they're out here and banks are depository institutions. So they're not going to take a risk on you as a direct lender would. Okay. Brenda says, so as long as there's some kind of paper trail, you're good. Absolutely. As long as there's a paper trail, 
you are good. You're good to go. This is since you're on the live and you guys are on the live and Q&A with me. I mean, I'm giving your time. You've got the time now to really get in, get in my head and ask me those questions and scenarios because it's easier for me to answer. You might have a question that somebody else is listening and it might benefit them, which is great, which is why I like doing the lives instead of pre-recording these shows is because then I can really customize my answers and my information to you. Um, so your down payment and closing costs. Notice that I said your down payment and closing costs, down payment, down payment and closing costs. Why did Lisa say down payment and closing costs? Because for some reason, um, you only think you have to come up with down payment. Uh, we as professionals do can do a wonderful job at negotiating getting your closing costs paid and seller concessions and all that other stuff. However, it would behoove you to budget to have closing costs. It gives you more of a leverage, gives you more of a negotiating power. So it's important for you to be budgeting for closing costs as well. Very, very important. And I share that with you on the last show, how much closing costs are estimated to be, two to 3% of the purchase price. I know that doesn't really help, but if you need to do the math type, you know, let's let's work it out. Let's work out the numbers. You need to know these numbers. The other thing is um, the down payment. I want to also debunk. I keep reading this thing about 20% down payment. It's fascinating. And I, I meet professionals in their respective fields, and they think that's a requirement. Just know I'm an advocate of OPM, which is using other people's money. If you can just bring three and a half, five percent, and you don't have to bring 20 percent to the table, don't bring 20 percent to the table. Uh, shout out to my client who's um, will be signing loan docs and closings pretty soon. He had this grandiose idea of wanting to do 20 percent. It's funny. I meet a lot of clients who want to do 20 percent because they want to avoid the private mortgage insurance and the other products. But do know, work with a qualified professional. There's some great products out there that you'll get more bang for your buck. And think about this, think about this. There's this thing we call cash on cash return on investment, long word, right? But just think about this. If you don't plan on being in a property for 30 years and you're going to be there on average right now, people are staying on their property now for it's gone from seven to now 10 years um and 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 if you're in a shifting market that means when you purchase and the market shifts downward you're going to lose essentially your investment of your down payment i mean in that window depending on your time frame just think about that so i'm not an advocate of you putting all your money into property. If we can do it with three and a half, five percent, whatever our formula is. And of course, that's going to depend on getting you a comfortable payment. I get it. There is a, a relationship between down payment and your monthly payment. Okay. All right. So questions. So Wakia says, is it better to have a separate bank account just for the buying process? I like that. Yes. And you know why? That's a phenomenal question. I'll give you an example of a client I had a couple of years ago. Um, when the lenders ask you for proof of proof of uh, funds, I also need to send proof of funds, by the way, with your offer. And that means I need a copy of your bank statement, at least within the 30 days, to show that you actually have the money, the down payment and closing costs to close on the purchase. I've covered that before on one of my trainings, on my webinars that your down payment and closing costs is not a con contingency of the contract. Meaning if you get into a contract and you don't have enough to close, that's not an out for you. Okay. Which is why they asked for the POF type that in the comments, somebody for me, POF proof of funds. So your proof of funds is in the form of a bank statement. 
So I had a client a couple of years ago who really was hesitant on sending it in. Why? Because he subscribed to adult entertainment. It was, it recurred, it was recurring on his account. And if you have transactions that you don't want people to see, don't say that we're going to use the money in that account because we need to see that account. And I say this to my client, if you tell me that you have $10,000 for your down payment, I'm going to say to you, show me and the lender the account only in which the down payment is seasoned in. Where is it sitting? If for some of you, and I've had clients, you sent me three bank accounts because you have your money spread across three bank accounts. But now I have, we've got a, you know, we're seeing, and we, and we, and here's the thing, the lenders and the underwriter requires all pages. You can't send me, you can't send me screenshots. You can't send in just one page that shows your, your beginning balance and your ending balance. That's not going to work. They need all pages. So if you don't want people to be in your business like that, I think that was a phenomenal question. Cause I, I explained this a lot to my clients. <laughs> EJ, CJ is like, yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens. So this is why it's get with get with your team to plan this. You know, say, hey, this is just for my down payment. So then all we want to see is that one account, which means you've been sending regular deposits, cash deposits, <laughs> cash deposits into that one account. That's why that was a wonderful question because I do find myself explaining to people, you know, you want to give me all your, your information. <laughs> he said, what happened to discrete billing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about discrete billing. <laughs> enlighten us, CJ, enlighten us. <laughs> I don't know about that discrete billing. Does that mean they change, they change it and they, they say it's for, uh, uh, you know, it's, um, I don't know. I can't even imagine. So great question. Wakita says, good info. Thanks. You are so welcome. That was a great question. Thank you for dropping that in POF, because that's what you'll see a lot in our short code when we say, hey, we need POF, which is proof of funds. And again, it's only for the down payment and closing costs. Otherwise, gets what happens. And I do this confidentially. Okay. So what I do is um, the red acting. I will block out your address, um, the account number. I'll leave the last four of the account number. I'll leave your name to show your name and the account number. Uh, last four of the account number on the bank statement. And you can send that to me. Um, oftentimes clients aren't really thinking about it, but I feel like it's my responsibility because I know that information is being presented to a third party. And so to keep your information confidential, I will black it out. Please make sure when you are sending your information to third parties that you use secure systems. Uh, lenders have secure upload systems because they are asking, you know, for your bank statements, They're asking for your business. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, we get all in your business. And this is why I need to know, like, what is the situation with your money, with your job? Don't spend anything additional. Don't take out new credit cards or new loans or new accounts or don't quit your job as much as you hate it we need the we need that w2 to show that you can buy this property um the other question brenda had a question she says how do you get other people money how do you get other people's money if i'm interpreting this correctly i think that's also a great question very good yes how do you get other people's money if you're referring to, for instance, Brenda, you are thinking about purchasing, you don't have any down payment saved up, but your son does, right? Your son's got a great savings. He has the down payment. You have the income. He has the down payment. He doesn't have to be on the loan. We don't need him on the loan. If he's gifting the down payment type in the type in the comments gift you can accept a gift before i move forward brenda was that what you're referring to 
because I'm, I'm going to go in on this one real, real quick. I think this is a good one. Uh, just go ahead and let me know. Yes, if that was what you're referring to if in that scenario. Um, a gift a gift down payment, which is on some of the marketing materials, including mine, I say gift allowed. And so let me explain that as it relates to mattress money. Okay, Brenda says, yes, good. So we've got gift. Type in the comments below gift. We're now on gift. How do we leverage gifting down payment and closing costs into a transaction on behalf of the purchase, the borrower, the purchaser, right? Beautiful question. It really is because a lot of my transactions happen this way. Feel like I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm on this. I'm, I'm on this right now because a lot of my transactions happen this way, and most people have the income and don't have the down payment saved up or you may have part of it so this is what needs to happen you guys listen in key in key in zero in on this one do not do not let's use brenda's example brenda's son has the down payment brenda you will not accept the money from your son to be deposited into your account no you hear me? We're not doing that. You know why? Because if Brenda started working with me in June and her son deposits, she writes her a check, she deposits that check into her account, the seasoning has to start. We cannot move on an offer or a transaction until two to three months has passed that that money has sat in the account. We don't want to do that unless you have two to three months. But then again, you can document a canceled check. You can document that someone's gifting you and putting that in your account. But here's how we handle that with a gift letter. Please type in the comments below a gift letter. The lender is going to provide you with a template letter, a gift letter to which the gifting party, the person who is gifting the, the funds to you is saying, this is a gift, not a loan, and there is no repayment required, okay? Why is that verbiage important? Because the lenders don't want to have you adding another loan on top of you trying to get a loan from them. It, impacts your what we call debt to income ratio your dti so if you now have a, a loan from someone else that impacts your dti this is going to bring me back to your suggestion brenda about 401k yeah brenda says nuggets being dropped you better let them know <laughs> you better let them i'm so generous tonight i'm you know why? Because I love you guys. And I think you really need to know this stuff. This is when we don't know it, you know, you know how, you know the saying, we lack, we, we perish for a lack of uh, knowledge, right? Brenda, I want to come back to the 401k suggestion. For those of you who are unfamiliar with your 401k or your pension accounts, your 403bs, um, your Pershing accounts, uh, traditional IRAs, all of that. You're welcome. Well, you're welcome. You're at, thank you for that question. That I think that was perfect as we're talking about mattress money because that's our biggest block is where do we get the three and a half percent down, right? Where do we get the where do we get the money from? And this is how we do it. We've got to be collective. We've got to be community about this, right? This is how we've got to be collective about it. I'll give you a wonderful example. I'll give you a wonderful example of how one of my transactions I had to do it. I'll come back to the 401k. Just go ahead and um, make sure you drop that in the comment. Remind me. Uh, example of the gift. My client opened escrow. He got an offer accepted on Monday and things happened quickly. 
He saw it Saturday. I negotiated Sunday. It was accepted Monday, uh, time to open escrow, but he was now on a flight out of the country. Do know that you have three days to get your deposit into escrow. That is three business days, not calendar days, business days. Thank goodness for that. Three business days. Um, read your contract. Make sure your agents are reading your contract and make sure your agents are also letting you know how they wrote how you should be depositing your deposit, meaning your EMD, your earnest money deposit. Type that in the comments for me, please. Your EMD is your earnest money deposit. Give me all these acronyms so you know and you're familiar with this language. The EMD, you need to know how is that to be deposited into escrow via wire, EFT, or check. Okay. I normally have that sent via uh, wire and I've already covered the, how to do a wire, check out the past episodes. We did a whole segment on wire fraud and how to do a wire. And with that, he was out of the country. How did we not lose this offer? And I'm like flipping now. Cause I'm texting him is on the plane. He was like, Oh shoot. I'm not going to be available, right? I'm not going to be available to send the money. He didn't leave. Typically back in the day, right? Uh, clients would leave their checks. Um, but if you leave your check with me, I got to deposit into the broker account. We don't do that. I don't do that. I don't hold your checks, okay? I'm not holding your checks. <laughs> I don't want that liability. No, no. My brokerage doesn't want that liability. We don't want that liability. Um <laughs> CJ says, your clients like to leave the country during escrow too. I almost expect it now, right? I, isn't that classic? Uh, everybody's got somewhere to go right in the middle of a real estate transaction. That is classic. So what ends up happening is we ended up having to reach out. He had to reach out to his brother and the brother between the brother and the lender did a gift letter to wire the money into escrow on behalf of my client who was out of town. Woo, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Uh, because we would have lost, we would have lost the opportunity. A condition of your offer is getting the deposit in if that's what was written. Okay, if that's what was written, getting the deposit in. All right, okay. So I just wanted to show you in that circumstance, that's how we used a gift. My client didn't need it. He had more than enough down payment of his own money. But in that event, we had to think fast. Where, where are we going to get money from? He's on a plane, another country. He's not going to have access to all that. And, you know, I, I don't complicate it. Easy thing. He called up a brother and said, hey, can you wire $5,000 into escrow for me? They took care of a gift letter, signed it. Boom, bomb, bada, bing, done, right? I like that. Boom, bomb, bada, bing. <laughs> we got it done. So again, requires someone experienced and qualified and all this stuff to be able to think outside. That way, you know, you're not stressed out and, and everything runs smoothly. And he successfully closed. Okay. So the 401k, here's what I want you to, to know about that. And it's, this is not the mattress money scenario, but it was brought up here. So I want to, I want to address it. With any of those third-party accounts, please make sure you find out in advance. You need to contact the TPA. Please type in TPA stands your third-party administrator. Contact your third-party administrator. That is the person that is handling your retirement, your 401k. You need to find out what is their process to access your funds. How long will it take to access your funds? Because it's, you don't, you know, you don't have a, 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 a debit card or, or a checkbook to write out of that account. It's a process. You also need to know that they will allow you to withdraw from the, that account. And you have to check the guidelines, which is what, why you need to speak with your TPA, your third party administrator. Find out from your TPA, what are the guidelines on withdrawing the fund to purchase real estate? What are the guidelines? You also want to find out 
Am I doing withdrawal or I'm doing, am I doing a loan? Is it better for me to borrow the money from myself and then pay it back over five years? Typically it's five years and it's automatically taken from your check. You need to find that out. Find out if that is worth your while, okay? Because um, you can do the withdrawal, you can do the withdrawal and early withdrawal to purchase your property, your first property. You can't buy income property, not with the 401k. You can do it with um, another account. It slips my mind right now, but there's another account that will allow you to access money back and forth, give you that tax benefit, but also access the money to purchase real estate over and over and over again and repay yourself. I'll cover a segment on that, but that's going to be for our um, our members. That's going to be for those loyal supporters. You know, I shared with you, I'm doing I'm doing the show differently. And, you know, there's some exclusive content that I really give in that I go in that for those who've really been supporting, I want to make sure they get the good stuff. Bottom line. Good. Brenda's got it in there. TPA, third party administration. Uh, if you're working with a real estate professional, you can definitely do a conference a conference call with them. Yeah, sometimes I find my clients are not comfortable. They don't know what questions to ask. I am happy to step in. So if you're an industry professional, be that for your client. Go ahead and step in, do the conference call, assist them with the process. If they need the facts and documents, assist them with that. If they need to you know, get things sent and back and forth, this is part of what you need to do as a professional assist them to get it done because they've never done it. They've never done it. They don't do this all the time. So you, you need to know to advise them. And I, my clients really appreciate me so much when I tell them in advance, cause I'm asking, where's the money coming from? Do you have it saved? Is it in a, you know, a, a retirement account, a pension account? Do you, I need the third party administrator? Let's get an authorization going. Let's get on the phone now. Uh, the reason being is because sometimes they won't do checks. They won't do wires, whatever the rules are. They're going to charge you $50, $40 extra, whatever it is. You need to find that out because the last thing you want is that your deal is held up because your client has not received the balance of their down payment and closing costs from the TPA. You hear me? That's the last thing you want. So how do you alleviate that? You get that process started right away. How do you get that started right away? I'll just share this with you as a quick nugget, another nugget. How do you get it started? The TPA needs a copy of the purchase agreement, the entire purchase agreement, the accepted offer in order to start that paperwork. All right. So very different uh, for different. It's usually generally the same, but you need to contact the TPA to find out what the guidelines are. All right. This has been a lot of fun. You guys got it in. We got it in tonight. I'm really glad. So I covered in summary how to use mattress money for your down payment and closing costs. We talked about seasoning. You got new words in your real estate vocabulary in your real estate bank. You now know seasoning, you know, EMD, you know, TPA, you know, POF. OK, give thanks for Ready, Set, Real Estate. All right. That's my time. You guys make sure you subscribe, like, and share, go ahead and tag and repost and let somebody know what we're doing on the show. Remember when you invest in me, you allow me to continue to support our youth and our community by buying books, workshops, curriculums, the merchandise. Again, you're welcome to pick up a ready set real estate hat that just lets people know you're about this movement. You're about what this is about and uh, no color lines here. I welcome all industry professionals. You can rock the brand too. This means that you are empowering your community on real estate literacy is what you're you're about. So Brenda says, I'm glad I was able to get on. Um, OK, yes. Question from earlier. I got time for it. Cool. Question from earlier. How many years of employment history matters? Great question. Um, I gave this is a, this is this is this is game. Wakita. Ooh, you, you're just pulling it out of me tonight. I talked about, uh, you know, it was on with Evan Jefferson where we talked about um, hacking the student loan game and years of employment came up because, you know, a lender will give you credit if you're a college student for employment. 
they will allow you to submit an offer letter. You didn't even have to, I just, I'm close, my client right now, we're closing a deal. Homeboy just got his maybe second paycheck. <laughs> he got credit with the offer letter. So there was no years, you know, it's, it's so funny. So to answer your question, it depends on the, depends on the scenario, but do know in terms of um, employment, they typically want to say, see two years self-employment, uh, the longer, the better. So three years. Well, Kita says, oh, I missed that. You got to go over there. I think we did it for the BBC where we talked about hacking the student loan game. I didn't do that publicly. Uh, that that was a next level conversation. And I know he didn't want me to go too much into it because, you know, he's doing the student uh, how to uh, graduate school debt free. He's part of that whole course. So, yeah, that was a good one. But I shared it right now. I, I, I shared that's a snippet of what I shared on that do know that if you are a college student uh, depending on your profession and the amount of time that you've committed to your academic career notice they use the word career your academic career a lender will give you credit for your academic career in lieu of employment because clearly you were going to school full-time to increase you know, your skill and earn, you know, and, and qualify for a certain level of profession. So your lender will honor the years of schooling as an equivalent to years of employment. They just need an offer letter. What they will then do is verify your employment with your employer HR department to confirm a, a higher date, salary, bonuses, anything else, that they can um, count as cumulative income for you. All right, great question. You pulled it out of me. I, I'll give it, I'll give it to you. You pulled it out of me. <laughs> you deserve it, you deserve it. That was a good one. So to answer the question, usually they wanna see two years. Um, I'll give you actually, uh, another bonus on that one as well. So with addition to employment history, if you lose your job or quit your job, and you find a new job, they will honor the new job. This is what they call, um, you know, extenuating circumstances, those exceptions or special conditions, if it's in the same industry, if it's in the same industry. So customer service, you know, um, technical information, uh, software engineer, but if you go from I was busing tables to now I'm in computers, it, they're not going to honor that you were busing tables for 10 years and now you just started a job, a new job as a, um, you know, a, a computer, computer information technician. They're not they're not going to honor that. So you're they're going to want to see one year at least. That and why the answer again is based on risk stability. They want to see that you'll be stable. So they're going to ask for that you be on that new job in that new field, that new industry for at least that year. Um, the longer, the better, because they're looking at stability. And the reason why, see, I'm just going to give you this one too. The reason why they consider longer employment an important factor is because if you have a low FICO score, they will factor in your employment history. I have a client right now who she's got a low FICO, but she's been on her job for 10 years. So that's, we call that compensating factors. That's what it's called. That's the term, compensating factors. So when they say compensating factors, they will factor in, you've been on your job for 10 years, your FICO, you know, things that happen, we get it couple late payments, you know, whatever. I shouldn't say whatever. Life is happening. We can explain it with compensating factors. Great question. Great question. I think everybody could benefit from what you guys asked tonight. You pulled it out of me, which is why I'm glad you guys jump on the line. That way I don't have to just, you know, because you know me, I come on and do mattress money, closing costs, down payment and be done, but you were able to learn about gift, 401ks, TPAs, employment history, a little bit about the hacking, 
on the job situation, which is good. This is good. All right. I'm feeling good. You feeling good? All right. Please let me know from a range of one to 10 how I did on today's show. One being don't do it again. Stop what you're doing. Or a 10. Yes. Please keep doing it. All right. Really appreciate it. Make sure you leave comments and feedback because that lets people know what we are doing is in fact valuable. People are paying attention. Even if you don't think they are, someone is paying attention. And I really appreciate that you guys are continually supporting. Make sure you know that you can join the Ready Set Real Estate Loyal Supporter Club for just five bucks a month and get access to all the workshops, webinars, and trainings for five bucks a month. They're usually 25 and 35, but that's just a, a, my way of offering something exclusive just to you as a loyal supporter. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys have a fantastic Wednesday evening, Wednesday night, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I'll see you next week on another powerful episode of Ready, Set, Real Estate. We'll see you soon. Bye.